South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. On the real, 2020, zero out of 10, would not recommend. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene dot TV network. And we have a much needed show today, a much needed discussion to talk about, well, a lot of things, but not, you know, excluding your NBA news. And joining me to do so is Richard Burfer of the official podcast of ballandroll.com. Of course, we're talking about the pick and pod. Rich, what's going on, man? I'm living. How are you, dude? I'm living. I'm living, I wouldn't say my best life. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, if you would have asked me yesterday, I was living my best life. Uh, today's been a little bit of a slow day. I uh, went out for a run, wiped out, so life could be better. Yeah, but you're getting that exercise in. Yeah, that's 2020. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of in line with everything going on in the world. Everything about 2020. You're mm-hmm. like, you know what? It could be better. Yep, there we go. There's Could not, be better. I mean, like, we're even even the return of the NBA season that we're talking about, like, we'll get into the nitty gritty. But, you know, the whole formatting, mm-hmm. everything, you're like, Could be better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If um if I had to go back in time and rewrite my script for twenty twenty, um, I'd change one or two things up. Ah, you and me both, man. Um, it's crazy because, you know, back in January the the biggest thing people were worried about was like and rightfully so was like the australian fires and now that just seems like a yeah. distant memory yeah well i mean are we in the middle of a global pandemic or no you wouldn't think it you know i was talking to my remember, buddy today remember the mur- do you yeah. remember the murder hornets uh, vaguely you know yeah vaguely yeah that was a thing that but you know thing. it's crazy because so my biggest fear in the world is bees mm-hmm. Like my biggest superficial fear Fair. is uh is bees. And I uh I knew about the giant Asian hornets like years mm-hmm. ago. And I was like, I right. swear if these motherfuckers <laughs> come over here ever, it's gonna yeah. be it's good it's over. It's a lock. And Interesting. here we are. It's you know, it's it's I don't know, maybe it's serendipitous. Um They didn't those guys didn't even exist in my life past like the past two weeks i i honestly thought they were a fraud i didn't know anybody was that petrified but that's very fair dude it's very they, fair they look like pure evil just like the way their eyes are and everything they just oh, yeah. look like they want their main mission in life is to fuck you up fair literally wow that's pretty badass yeah dude. Like, imagine that's alpha that's yeah so they're yeah. like the alpha bees oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. Them and uh, oh. if you ever go to Arizona, tarantula hawks, those things will destroy you. Well, funny story is I was supposed to go to Arizona for spring training and then Rudy Gobert ruined my life three days, <laughs> three days before my flight. That's true. That's true. I mean, well, sorry to bring it up. But um, it's all good. you know, we, going back to the pandemic, though, you know, you brought it up. I was talking to my buddy today. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. more than likely what's going on right now, rightfully so will be in the history books, right? And when For you know, sure. children now, like super young, like my daughter's age, two years old, when they're uh, you know, in their teens and they reflect back on 2020, because it's probably going to be like a whole history course on 2020, mm-hmm. um, they're going to oh, say, yeah. you know, we get the protests, like we get why, but what's with all these masks? And we have to explain, oh yeah, also, <laughs> we were too- <laughs> there yeah. was this deadly virus. I, I think at this point, three months or four months oh six months into 2020 i feel like i can i feel like i'm qualified to say that i've been through some shit now oh yeah i'm at that stage of my life where i can say it yeah for sure for sure um well uh you know running aside you know i'm glad you're getting your exercise in i'm glad you're having that time to sort of have that meditative process because you know that's what exercise is let's be real um let me get some house cleaning out of the way real quick, and then we'll jump right in. Um, minor note. This is more of a, of a show thing, professional thing. Um, you may have noticed, listener, and you yourself, Rich, uh, at the top of the show, I said we're part of the stadium scene.tv network. We have parted ways with Overtime Media. 
Um, it was an amicable breakup. It wasn't anything, you know, malicious. It wasn't anything that they did. It was completely mutual. We have just parted ways. Um, so we want to thank them for everything that they've done for the South of the Six brand. And we wish them well for, uh, for the, whatever future endeavors they pursue. Um, no bad blood, all love. Uh, bridges aren't burned. So thank you to Overtime Media. Um, it, also, if you're listening to this for the first time and you uh, stumbled upon this accidentally, arbitrarily, what have you, and you're excited for the return of the NBA season, we welcome you. Um, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms out there. And if you have a spare minute and you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, leave a review five stars. Um, it would help us out a great deal. In fact, Rich, uh, I was able to log on to my iTunes and I noticed that I don't know if you knew this, that for iTunes or Apple Podcasts, they split it up by countries. So the review. Really? Yeah. So if if I leave you a five star review for Pick and Pod, which I did, you can't see it on your end. That's wild. Yeah because i'm in america oh that's so weird yeah yeah because you're under the, the canadian apple podcast it's crazy wow. yeah they break it up by that region. actually ma- that actually makes sense that actually makes sense because when i moved down to, te- to texas everybody started using venmo mm-hmm. and for a long time i'm venmo mm-hmm. and i go into my apple store and i can't find venmo that's because I'm using the Canadian Apple Store. That, that, that makes sense. So, wait a minute. They didn't provide the you, you know. with a work phone? Nope. Keeping my phone got, got a shiny new... Oh, I'm not complaining. All right. All right. Well, all right. Look, I kind of want to have this opportunity to have the floor right now when it comes to the state of things. Um, obviously, people aren't blind to mm-hmm. it. Um you aren't blind to it. You actually discussed this on your show with Connor and Kevin. Um, but I haven't made any sort of statement regarding this um, on this platform. And I do feel that, you know, with my unique circumstances here covering the Toronto Raptors from south of the Canadian border, um, I have a unique sort of lens into what's going on and how it's affecting things here in the States. Um, so. I haven't, you know, denied this before, but um, I have purposely kept politics out of this platform. I think that's mostly because the vast majority of people looking for the sports coverage do so as a means to escape. They do so as a means to try and get their mind off of things that may be challenging to them or may be bothering them or may be you know, sort of causing them stress, where whether it's the everyday stress of life, whether it's their job, whether it's their personal circumstances or what have you. Um, sports is a great escape. It's a great release valve. And as an extension of that podcast, provide sort of a secondary release valve for that stress. Um, but I can't do that here. I can't ignore what's going on. I can't ignore... Uh, the circumstances that are occurring pretty much globally. And this shouldn't be a political issue. This shouldn't have anything to do with politics. This is a humanity issue. This is an issue when it comes to a fellow human being. That is why I'm so shook by this, why this is so, um, I don't know, impactful when it comes to, to me as a person. And I feel like as someone that has this platform available to him, um, as, you know, as a guy that has, I don't know, a little bit of a reach, I feel like it's, I'm, I have a responsibility to do this. Um, you can call it virtue signaling if you want. And if you do, I, whatever, man, like I, 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 that's not what this is about. And all right. So you have two options right now, right now, as you're listening to this, you have two options. A, you can fast forward. To when we get to the NBA talk, it's coming. Like, we're not going to hang on this for that long, but you can fast forward. I know on Apple Podcasts, I'm sure on other podcast platforms, they have that little 15 second fast forward loop button. Continue to press it until we talk about NBA and keep it locked here. I understand. I don't agree, but I understand. Um, or if you don't like the fact that we're talking about this, if you don't like the position that we have, you can unsubscribe. 
You can unsubscribe to the show. You can stop following me on Twitter and you can move on because I can't keep quiet about this. And there are times when humanity and what's right and ethics and morals completely outweigh followers, downloads, and subscriptions. And as a podcaster, someone that's producing a podcast that may seem a little bit counterintuitive, but I don't care. I don't care about the revenue right now. I don't care about the downloads. I don't care about the subscriptions. I care about human life. And someone was murdered on video. And there's, it's not okay. And I don't really know if I'm the appropriate person to speak out about this. I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to say is other than I'm listening. Other than this has been extremely impactful on me and my family. Um, other than I, I have a great deal of, I don't know, empathy. I, I, I don't know the proper words to say about this. That's, that's why I'm getting tongue-tied. All I know is that maybe it's not about what I have to say. Maybe it's more about what I need to do, and that's to listen. So anytime there are rough things going on, you just want to say something to make it go away. Maybe it's not about saying anything. Maybe it's about listening. And maybe that's what I need to do more of. Maybe I need to make it a legitimate effort to listen and to educate myself, you know, to better myself and to better what's going on around me. So, um, Rich, I don't know if you want to take it from here. Like I said, I know you already spoke about this on your show, but if you want to speak a little bit more about this, you know, go ahead, man, feel free. Yeah. And I'm completely with you, dude. Um, I don't enjoy talking about politics. I can't stand politics. And I mentioned this over on my podcast the other day, and this really isn't a political issue. This is like you said, it's about humanity. Um, there's no place for racism in our society. We see it all across America, we see it in Canada as well. And it's it's not just African-Americans. We have uh, aboriginals in Canada aren't treated fairly, um, different denominations. It's completely disgusting. And it's just so sad to see that it's such a prevalent part, part of our society. And for that, we have to have these sort of conversations, whether they're comfortable or uncomfortable. And both you and I are privileged to have these platforms, to have run our own podcast and to have many listeners. So it's it's really up to us. It's our responsibility to speak out. We can't stay silent. This is something we can't gloss over. We have to have these conversations because you and I, we're not going to put an end to racism together, but it, we can have these conversations in our communities and educate others. Then maybe we can improve our communities for the better and the more people start doing this i mean hopefully racism will be a thing of the past one day and hopefully soon yeah i agree you know i think that as an american having it taken place in america as a white 30 plus year old male um as as a father i feel like i have a responsibility to make sure that i'm raising my daughter with a certain, you know, I don't know, like just these certain ethics and morals that seem like they should just be intuitive. Like they yeah. should just be something that you do. But unfortunately, that is not uh, the case from what we've been seeing mm -hmm. with plenty of video footage, um, the actions and words of certain individuals out there. And I, you know what, I, I will say that I do think the vast majority of people in this country in America are disgusted with it. I really do believe that. You know, for all mm -hmm. the shit that we see, and it is terrible, I'm not downgrading it, I'm not, you know, excusing it, but it seems like when you just see these parades and these marches and these protests, to me it seems clear that a lot more people feel the same mm -hmm. way that you and I do. 100%. And I agree. The vast majority cares. The vast majority wants that equality but we can't have any bad apples and especially in our p police force because the police they're supposed to serve and protect us they cannot take justice into their own hands we have to hold them to a higher standard so whenever you see stuff like that it's disgusting um we need to hold 
police to a higher standard and we have to hold each other to a higher standard. We cannot have any bad apples and something like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say the right thing. I'm just not like it, it's impossible. And I, and I'm aware of that. And maybe that's part of the learning process. It's not necessarily like trying to find the, the magic thing to say to make everybody feel better. Maybe that's part of the learning process. I don't know. So, and I understand my actions definitely speak louder than my words. Right. And I think it's just as important to listen. Right. And be yeah. open-minded and vigilant. All right. Um, I don't mean to just push forward and say, let's move on, but I didn't want to, you know, have this show without saying anything. And I'm glad that, you know, you, you and I talked about this before we even started. And I'm glad you were on board with uh, saying something. But let, let us get into the NBA. So. The NBA season is one step closer to returning as per Shams. Um, they're going with the 22-team format. It was given the green light today by the NBA Boards of Governors with a 29-1 to vote. Portland was the only team to say no. Um, it, LOL. It, yeah, right? Fucking Portland. And you know what? It's weird because they're in the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I, th- I thought it was super strange because first of all how many regular season games are they going to play before uh, the playoffs and the play-in tournament eight. six or seven? Eight. Oh, eight. so what i'm confused about here is the blazers are currently their ninth mm-hmm. in the western conference and they're 3.5 games behind the memphis grizzlies i have no idea what the schedule is going to look like for the remainder of the games but 3.5 games is quite a bit when you have only eight games left. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe the Blazers can leapfrog the Memphis Grizzlies and get that eighth seed, but don't you want some, like, safety right there? Like, if you can't leapfrog them, to at least be within that four-game gap so you can have that play-in tournament. Like, I understand it's gimmicky, and I still don't know how I feel about it, but as a team who's just that close to a playoff spot, like, why not, you know? I I just don't think that, you know, I understand the circumstances that we're dealing with right now are sort of, they're rare and they're unfortunate. And this is definitely an anomaly when it comes to how we're, you know, going to go about the NBA season. But at the same time, I feel like these 9, 10, 11, 12, 13s, and in the Eastern Conference case, the ninth seed, you didn't earn it. You know, no. you, you didn't earn it. And to me, that's just what, I don't want to be cliche, but grinds my gears about it because come on now, like. I just think mitigating the risk, having just 16 teams there, 8-8, eight and eight, if it's not going to be, you know, mixing it up going 1-16 through 16 reseed, just do 8-8 eight and eight traditional, let's go on with it. And if you didn't make it, tough. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. And to me, it's, it's much ado about nothing because, say you have this playing tournament, you are fighting for the right to get swept by either the Lakers or the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, what are we really, what are we really doing here? But to me, the most important thing with just having this regular season and having those extra teams there is just to give the playoff teams a little more reps, because when you come out off a hiatus, it's a two month, three month hiatus, you have to work your way back into the game and, just to limit injury, you have to slowly pick up the intensity. So, if that's the only way for teams, for the playoff teams to just get back into get back into the game, work off the rust, and I mean, I'm totally, I'm totally for it. Like to me, the most important thing is I don't care about the playing tournament. I understand it helps some markets out. I don't really care about the eighth seeds or the teams that are tenth or eleventh. For me, I want the teams that are actually going to be in the playoffs to be healthy come the postseason and for that to happen i think you have to be very smart with how you lay out the training camp protocol and you have to be very smart with how you ramp up these athletes yeah i agree and you know i have tweeted out saying it's not the way i would have done it necessarily but who am i like come on i'm just i'm a nobody here you know and you know, if if the if the you're Adam Cursair, yeah, come on now. What do you mean? <laughs> if, if the you're NBA, well, yeah, but this is Adam Silver, right? He's a, I'm not Adam Gold. This is Adam Silver. So you know, I don't know. You know, you're the goat of Adams. Oh. Mind, right? <laughs> also, before we before we go on, something yeah. interesting that you mentioned is you said per shams. 
Yeah. A lot of people say per Woj. Are you a Shams or a Woj guy? I'm whoever, this is important. I'm whoever gives me the tweet first kind of guy. And for me, it was okay. Shams. Because the discrepancy is of like two seconds. Yo, I know. Like, wow. Well, fair. Okay. No, uh, I know. One. I got them okay. both on alert on my phone. Smart. You know, so when, you know, when everybody, when anytime they tweet something, and most of the time it's, it, what pisses me off the most is when Woj has like a spelling error in a tweet. And he deletes yeah. the tweet. I already had an alert for it. He tweets it again with the spell correct. I'm just like, dude, it's fine. He should just pull a John Heyman. John Heyman doesn't care. He spells everything wrong. But he saying. just cares about getting the tweet out. It's kind of like Robert Kraft talking. Like, we know. <laughs> we know. You're just, yeah. you're messed up. We know. Um, yep. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, yeah, we said 22 teams. It's nine Eastern Conference teams. 13 Western Conference teams. I don't want to like bitch too much about the imbalance there, but we got the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, Magic, Wizards. And on the West, we have the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rocket, Mavs, Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns. The Suns to me just have no business being here. Whatever. Yeah. We can, yeah. I, I know it's close enough, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, Why not? So, fuck it. yeah, fuck it. the calendar is as follows. So by June 15th, players located internationally would return to their respective markets. By June 21st, all players report to their markets. So by June 21st, everybody not in Toronto has to be in Toronto. By June 22nd, COVID testing begins for all parties. Training camp starts June 30th so by if toronto allows it i don't know what's going on with their you know protocols in terms of the virus but if toronto allows it they'll be beginning training camp with everybody in the ovo center starting june 30th july 7th mandatory travel to orlando and the season begins july 31st the last possible date for the nba finals is october 12th the draft lottery would be held on august 25th the draft would be October 15th and free agency would be October 18th. They are shooting for a November 10th start to the 2020-2021 training camp with the December 1st aim for opening night. I know that was a mouthful. Yep. Got it all written down. I got it all written down. So how practical, we'll start with Toronto because I think this is, this is something that needs to be noted. You live there. You know the protocols and how they're handling the virus. How practical do you think that is that they're going to be able to begin training camp in Toronto? Or do you think it's more likely that they'll probably get a pass to come down to Orlando early and train there? Um, personally, I have no idea because it seems like everything changes every day. Um, what I do know is I think a couple of weeks ago, John Tory said that he doesn't plan on seeing any sports or any anything substantial in terms of sports until the fall. Okay. So if that's the case... I don't know if they can have an actual training camp with an entire team and coaches and player development guys um, all in the same facility at the same time. And I mean, once players got to start to ramp up, you have to have the entire team there. You have to have all the personnel. You have to have the coaches. So I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Um, on top of that, I'm also not really sure how the border thing works for mm. players trying to come back, especially if they're not canadian citizens um i don't know if they get special treatment they do but i oh it was, that's so nice it was already announced that they are oh that's it, sick the um that's sick yeah there's some sort of agreement that they are allowed to travel okay that's cool um but i th i think the most the thing that makes the most sense is just to have them go straight to orlando and i think there was talk about having certain teams like the boston celtics i think were one of them the raptors are one of them just to get them down to orlando to start training um orlando clearly has a massive facility down there because i know the mls is hoping to restart their season down there at the same complex as well so right. i'm sure they can i'm sure they have the space for 15 guys and their friends yeah it's like a 250 acre complex or 250,000 acres, something like that. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, um, I, I think that's the smart money right there is that they're going to have permission to go down to Orlando early. And I think like when it comes to these athletes, any athletes, really, you you know, you working in the sports field, any sort of advantage is good. And mm -hmm. being familiar with your environment and being able to train there, even if it's a couple of days, 
before your mm-hmm. opposition and you have a little bit time a little bit of time to get more acclimated in your environment that could be a slight edge that puts you ahead just a little bit mm-hmm. 100% i just i just hope that everyone is whoever's supposed to be there for the season i hope everyone is able to get together wherever that may be and just focus on ramping up athletes um i brought this up on my podcast the other day but um i looked um I do a bunch of research stuff for my for my baseball job. And one of the papers I found was that and this is what I said in April is the month where most baseball injuries occur. And that's mm. the very beginning of the season. Right. Meaning athletes aren't ramped up properly. Once the season starts, their chronic workload isn't built up properly. And then they just can't handle any acute spike along the way at the very beginning of the season. And I'm assuming that that's how it works in baseball. But I'm assuming that's how it's going to work in every other sport. You have to build up an athlete properly so he can just handle the right amount of workload once the season starts. So for me, the most important thing is I don't, I don't know where they're going to have their training camp, whether it's in Toronto or in Orlando. I just want the NBA to handle this in the best way possible. If they can just have the guys go straight to Orlando and focus on getting healthy, getting ready, that's all that matters to me. Just as a guy who wants... I, I, I've lived without basketball for two and a half months and it sucked. <laughs> I just want Kyle Lowry to be healthy. I want him to be safe. I don't want him to get hurt. And that's all I ask for. And I want them to be smart about it. Keep Kyle Lowry safe. You know, that that's definitely something that I, I think resonates true with a lot of Raptors fans, if not all of them. First of all, keeping Lowry safe is of top priority, of course. You want, you want to see him shove it down the critics' throats and be able to win a second ring consecutively. But, you know, do you get the sense, that aside for a second, do you get the sense that, and I know it's a business, but do you get the sense that the NBA is sort of thinking revenue first, health second? Do you get that sense about this at all? Or do you think they've taken every precaution to make this as safe as possible? I mean, it's, it's really tough to say because every sports league has lost so much money because of this right um so i'm sure they're thinking about money because if they weren't there wouldn't be a season they wouldn't return to play until the following season when a vaccine is close and like i feel like this is very much about money obviously they will do every they were they will take every precaution to keep players safe but there wouldn't be a season if there wasn't a concern with money like sports are losing billions of dollars because of this and they it's kind of at this point it's something they have to do and they have to be a safe and take every possible action possible to make this happen now that we know that they're aiming for a december 1st start for the next season and again that's they're working on that the sort of fluid i from my understanding the mbpa isn't necessarily happy with having a training camp like almost right after like a november 10th training camp after what could be an October what twelfth, that that's yeah. that's less than a month. Um, do you think that if that gets pushed to say Christmas Day, do you think that we're going to see this be the NBA schedule henceforth, like a super late in the winter start and it'll finish like almost in the fall? Do you see that happening? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. What I'm curious about is. What if next season is shortened as well? So mm. maybe because it's a later start, instead of playing 82 games, they play 70 or 66 games and just spread it out, maybe even spread it out a little bit more, try to finish by June, July, and then get back to what it usually is. Do you think, I mean, I, I'm kind of an advocate when it comes to a shorter season. Do you think that's Same. something that they might be like, Yo, this kind of works. We should do this all the time. Um, I mean, personally, I'm totally cool with a short and se- shorter season. Um, I don't know how you felt um, before the hiatus, but to me, it felt like it was kind of dragging on. I yeah. didn't really, I don't really care about the back end of the playoff picture. Um, I think 70 games into a season, you have a pretty even 60 games into a season, you kind of have a good idea of who's good, who's not you know who your contenders are, who your pretenders are. So if they shave off 10, 12 games, I, would, I wouldn't I would really care, right? 
because it seems like, especially in basketball, more so than many other sports, players just wear out very quickly because of just the amount of games and the amount of just the amount of activity that actually happens in a basketball game. It's just always go, go, go. And I think, I think there's a lot of wear and tear in basketball more so than many other sports. See, my fear when it comes to a shortened season is that the, the NBA players right now, we're seeing like quite a bit of load management from certain yeah. players. My fear is that, you know, the, these are the same types of players that are like, hey, the season might be a little too long. And if the NBA is like, all right, let's shorten it. Let's do like a 65 or maybe a 60 game season. Eventually, I'm worried that they're going to be like, yo, still too long. I'm going to make load management. And it's just going to be like a never ending struggle back and forth. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's no beating load management. I think teams are becoming very smart with how they look at workload and recovery and I think for them, especially if they're an elite team, they don't really care about game 44, whether the season is 82 games long or 70 games long. They will rest their guy because their mindset is on the playoffs. Kawhi is always going to be resting during the season, no matter what the amount of games is. Right. Because they, for them, they care about the playoffs. That's one of the other things with basketball that's just it's tough for me because when the season starts, you have a good idea of the teams that are making the playoffs because it's such a star driven league. You kind of know at least 85, 80% of the teams who are going to make it like before the season, like look at the, looking at the conferences right now, looking at the standings, I bet you could have predicted 12 out of those 16 teams to be in the playoff picture. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think just because of that, there's always going to be load management. Like the elite teams are going to rest in season because they're built for the playoffs. And for them, game 44 doesn't matter. Game four of the NBA Western Conference Finals does. And they want their stars to be healthy for that. Yeah, I assume, you know, like when it comes to how the NBA is operated and it's sort of a player driven league, you're not going to be able to get rid of like the top heaviness. Uh, yeah. like the stand- it's just never going to go away. Yeah. So, I mean, for sure. And that's part of the game. Yeah. I at this point it's it's stuff that I just accept. Right. Yeah, it's whatever. Teams um, are getting smarter, they're going to keep doing this. Yeah. I have no issue with it. Um mm-hmm. All right, so as I said there will be eight more regular season games for all teams involved over the course of 16 days. There will be 5 to 6 games per day. All right, so that's, I mean, it's not really that much different than how, like, sports were available to us during the regular season. Like, if you put on League Pass, you can watch any game you want. And typically, there was, like, four or five games on at once, you know, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, yeah. But each game, each team is expected to play at least one back-to-back within those eight games, with the NBA Finals to be every other day. So, like again, as mentioned before, this was just approved by the Board of Governors. This has not been approved by the Players Association. I have no doubt that it will, but I just kind of want everybody to realize that it's not a complete done deal, but we can anticipate it. But when it comes to this, the NBA, they made special note, Woj did. This is from Woj. There you go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm impartial. You know, I'm unbiased. Um, I love it. The finals will be every other day. That, to me, implies that the playoffs, the remainder of the playoffs, might not be. So how do you feel about there being like a semifinals or like a, a quarter, sorry, the, the earlier playoff games, like round one, mm-hmm. may have some back-to-backs? Well, personally, I don't know if there's going to be back-to-backs. I just know there won't, be a, there won't ever be a need for two days off between games because there's no more travel, right? right, right. Like those extended layoffs between games is just because teams are traveling. And now that's not a thing, so there's really no need for having those extended days off. So I don't. I think having back-to-back playoff games is a little bit much. I definitely don't think that might that will happen. If it does, then I mean, everything's changed this year. But I I just don't think there's a need to have those extended days off because of the travel factor. Well, when it comes to these eight games, this is as see again. I'm 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 citing other sources here. As per Jay Rosales of That's a Rap podcast and Raptors HQ, he listed that this is what the Raptors schedule may look like. I don't know if this is confirmed, but within those eight games, we got, and this is tough, ready? Celtics, sorry, Sixers, Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers, Grizzlies, Grizzlies, Bucks, Bucks. 
<laughs> cool. That's tough. That's tough. Cool. Well, here's the thing. Um, to me, I don't. I'm not too worried about the standings right now. Um, are the Raptors like three games ahead of Boston right now? Is that the deal? Yes. I mean, the Bo- I'm sure everybody has a tough schedule. When you eliminate the eight worst teams in basketball, everyone's schedule is going to get that much harder. For me, it's really just, and I think every team's going to, every team that's in the playoffs, that's a deadlock for a playoff spot, they're going to treat every game the same, which is more so get their guys their reps, work off rust, ramp up, work up the intensity. I think that's the priority there. And I, I, I think because of that three-game edge, the Raptors will be fine. I think it's going to matter more to teams like Philadelphia and Indiana who are, are neck and neck. But for the Raptors, teams for like the Bucks, I think for them it's more so just being ready. And the Raptors, are, they're a veteran veteran team. They've been there before. They, they have a great culture. I think, to, especially now with home court advantage not being a thing, I don't really think they care so much about those eight games. They care more about getting healthy because that's been a concern this entire season. You know, it's funny that you mentioned like home court not being a thing. I did read that they are shipping hardwoods down from their respective uh, home courts down to yep. Orlando. I think that's dope. Yeah, that's sick. I think it's... I think the big thing for the NBA and just for every single sports league for when they have games with no fans is they're going to have to replicate that in-game experience as best as they can for the fans watching at home because we need to feel that like atmosphere when watching a playoff game. Like If Kawhi makes that shot against the Sixers and the crowd's not there going crazy, would yeah. we react the same way? We we would be excited, but we're not going to react as pumped, you know? So I think having that little thing there is is going to help. I'd rather have the Raptors logo in the middle of at center court than Mickey Mouse's head, you know? Right, right. Even though it's not a true home court, it gives the illusion that there's mm-hmm. a home and away team, which is kind of cool. I, I don't know if they've mentioned anything about sound pumping when it comes to crowd noise. But, yeah, you know, NBA seems to be a pretty diplomatic league, and obviously they they claim, and I have no reason to believe that they don't, that they treat their teams equally. Do you think that, like, say if there's a Raptors quote unquote home game against, I don't know, the Sixers game one of this yeah. return, do you think that they would pump in booze to the Sixers? So I'm not really sure, but as a sports connoisseur, um, I checked out the Bundesliga. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in Europe. It's a soccer league. Mm. And they piped in crowd noise during games. And like low key, it was kind of cool. So maybe the NBA does something like this because I actually have a question for you. Sure. Just I have no idea what the answer to this is. But home court advantage is such an integral part to playoff basketball. Yep. Like what is the NBA going to do? regarding home court advantage like especially think about the philadelphia 76ers they are one of the best home court teams in the nba and they're like new york knicks level bad on the road like what does this mean for teams like that in the playoffs uh put up or shut up <laughs> like, that's, oh, that's what a it boring means. answer i mean like um, this is all i got because like what else can you do like obviously the the situation doesn't call for a traditional home court advantage but at the same time like i Look, when it comes to Orlando, they're the only team that's going to have it. I'm not worried about it. Like, I don't really care. They're not winning anyway. They'll be done in four. Yeah, it evens everything out for everyone else, I guess. So everybody else is playing with the same circumstance. Yeah, it's just uh, I feel like the NBA has to do something for the teams that earn top seeds. I just have no idea what they do. No. Because it's. It's kind of unfair that the Raptors, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers worked so hard all season to have home court advantage, and now it's not a thing. Yeah, I mean, but circumstances beyond your control, right? I mean, yeah, you know, this is why I, I'm not a fan of anybody saying anything about an asterisk for, for this season because everyone is fully healthy now. Everyone yeah. is dealing with the same circumstances. If you didn't train during this time off that's on you that's on the team it's not anything that happened to anybody else that's up to the individual and these circumstances are so unique and like you're eliminating certain 
advantages that you would otherwise have, as you mentioned, like home court advantage and crowd noise yeah. and whatnot that you feed off of that aren't there. I'd argue that this situation that they're dealing with is a lot harder than the traditional situations that we were familiar with. Yeah. And just in general, I hate the whole asterisks in sports. Everybody is dealing with the exact same situation. Like last year, how um, a lot of haters are talking down on the Raptors for beating the Warriors when the Warriors are beat up. Well, that's how basketball works. That's how well, it's a long marathon. And then there's a postseason. Part of the game is to remain healthy throughout. There, I don't believe in asterisks in sports. And in this case, same thing. Everybody is going in in the same situation. And the winner will clearly be the better team. Well, obviously, if the Raptors win, it's an automatic asterisk because that's just, yeah. I mean, come on. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Nothing and just to, just to go back and the team who's going to win is not technically going to be the best team because the best team, no matter what, is going to be the Raptors. So if the Bucks win the championship this year, they're not the best team. I refuse to believe it. Okay. All right. All right, we'll we'll get to that in a second, but let me let me <laughs> let me explain to, for the for the listeners what this play-in tournament is. So the the play-in tournament after these eight games uh, will include the number eight and the number nine teams only if the ninth seeded team finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth. So right now the Wizards are within that frame when it comes to the Orlando Magic. I believe are they where are they five back or are they three back? I have no idea. All right, They're too matter. far back. It doesn't matter. If that happens, the number eight seed enters a double elimination tournament and the number nine seed enters a single elimination tournament. So if the number nine seed wins over the number eight, the number eight seed team has an opportunity to bounce back and reclaim that. If the ninth team loses, they're out and the playoffs begin. That's how it works. Um, For me, I get it. I understand why they want to do this. It's too confusing. This is why I just don't care. It should just be the eight and eight. Why make this complicated? Yeah, I agree. It's super gimmicky. I think the main, like I, like I said before, I think the main thing here is to help out the markets that lost a lot of money. This is everything that's happening over the next few months. It's all about money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they got to get that television revenue somehow. And I understand, 100%. like, you want that revenue, especially for the 2021 free agency class, especially for that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know, whatever. I, yeah. These are people smarter than me, like I already said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, this is also f- just messing up the salary cap as well. Oh, yeah. So, it, it like, this whole thing, it messed a lot of things up, and it's going to affect players for years and teams for years to come. So... If the NBA finds an opportunity to make some money back with this, they're going to do it. So when it comes to, we were just speaking about like how all teams are on an even playing field. You have everyone injury free and whatnot. I want to talk about the Nets real quick because I think this kind of throws like a monkey wrench into everything. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are presumably healthy. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's fair if the NBA allows them to play? Well, I'm sure the NBA has no say. It's more so on the team. But I I really don't think they're going to play. And I don't think guys like John Wall, even though they might, he might be healthy, I don't think he's going to play. And it all comes back to the fact that most a lot of injuries might still happen just because of how unorthodox this entire situation is. Mm-hmm. The last thing these teams want to do is improperly improperly ramp up their guys, the ones that they pay so much money for, and for them to get re-injured. And that's the biggest thing. Like John Wall might be healthy, and let's say I'm a Washington Wizards fan, I would never want him back for this season. Same thing with Kevin Durant, same thing with Kyrie Irving, because you're you've invested four or five years into these guys with their contracts. The last thing you want is for them to be brought back in the wrong way because of everything going on and because of all the factors that are going to be involved and for them to get injured again and not be ready for the next season. See, I don't know. Like, All right, so I agree with you. I don't think it's wise for them to Mm -hmm. play. I don't think they should be able to. I think when you declare a player out for the season, no matter what happens within that season, you're declared out. And Kyrie Irving has and was been declared out for the season. So like, no, yeah. ma- I don't care if he's healthy now. It's like, 
if he was declared out for the season and somehow the Nets made it to the NBA Finals, is he eligible to play? No, he was declared out for the season. He's done. Um, so for me, let's say that they are allowed back in, though, and the NBA gives the green light. There's a chance that, let's say, the, the Nets beat the Raptors round one. Do you think a Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant-led team could beat the Bucks? I think it's closer than people would like yeah. to believe. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, the Nets, they have talent there, too. Like, it's not just Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. They're a talented team that's just playing without two of the best players in the world. Like, they have two big, two great big men in DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. They have Spencer Dinwiddie. They have yeah. Karis LeVert, who's great. They have one of the best three-point shooters in the game in Harris. Like, they have talent there. They're just missing those two super important players. So, I mean, if I don't think it's going to happen, but if they come back, yeah, we're fucked. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, that could be a path to the final. So maybe in Brooklyn's point of view, it might be worth it. I, I, I mean, it's just it, it, at the end, at the end of the day, it's just still so risky. Like, what would you do? What would you do? You have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea how to proper properly ramp your guys up because this has never happened before. Would you risk bringing these guys back, even though there's a high chance that they might get re-injured, that they might not be ready, and they're hurt at the start of next season? Like, what would you do? Kevin Durant is about a year removed from his injury. I think that's plenty of time to recover. I know, like, in a, it was an Achilles injury, so I know that is sort of, like, it's fickle. And yeah. I understand the, the dangers when it comes to that. But with Kyrie Irving, there's no doubt to me that right now he's healthy. So it, assuming that Kevin Durant wants to play and Kyrie wants to play and they're given the green light to play by both the NBA and the medical staff, and they have this training camp period where they they ramp each other back up, for me, mm-hmm. it's sort of reminiscent to last year when the Raptors made the trade or two years ago when they made the trade for Kai, uh, Kawhi saying if there's a 5% chance, you do it. And at that point, they have a 5% chance of winning the championship. They really do. And right. if they're inserted back into this and the and there's a chance to win it, yeah, you got to take that chance. Yeah, but... I, like, I understand the comparison between the Raptors and the Nets, but you have to also uh, figure in, like, the just where they are in terms of their championship window. Like, before they traded for Kawhi, that championship window seemed to be closing. While for the Nets, your championship window right now is five years because mm. you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I think at the end of the day, the Nets are going to factor in the fact that they have four four more years with these guys, top NBA superstars, and I think that's going to be super critical. Like they're investing so much money into these guys, and I don't know if they're going to risk it, especially with everything going on. I, I just personally, I don't think it's smart. I wouldn't do it unless I'm a GM who's on the hot seat and I won't be there next year, which isn't the case. Right for um. The Nets GM, I completely forget his name, Sean Marks. Hmm. So I think a lot of those factors are going to play in in this sort of situation. Sean Marks appears to be very, very safe with his job, and these guys are signed up long term. There, it just doesn't make sense to me to re- bring these guys back for an abbreviated season without a hundred percent guarantee that they're going to stay healthy, that they'll be able to get back and running with everything else going on. You know, not to make light of the situation, I'm not trying to downgrade anything or disrespect here, but presumably you don't have to worry about Kevin Durant and COVID because you already got it, right? All That's you, true. All you have to worry about is the Achilles at this point. So when it comes to that and the virus being leaked back in, at best, or sorry, at worst rather, you're going to lose maybe Kyrie in terms of these top two players. Kevin Durant would presumably have the antibodies and would be immune to the virus at this point. So the only risk you're running is reamping up his Achilles and whether or not he can mm-hmm. handle it. Yeah. So, and, and also, that, let, sorry, no, let's be honest. Kyrie Irving is going to find a way to get the coronavirus. <laughs> but does he believe it's real? Uh, the, that depends. Well, I, <laughs> if he doesn't believe it's real, then I think the Raptors will get a first-round pass because the entire Nets team is going to be quarantined for two weeks. <laughs> 
He's just roaming around fucking Disney. Nah, man, it's a conspiracy. The Earth's flat. Come on, let's just go. And then all of a sudden, yeah. the whole team has it. Oh, another thing to consider. Disney World. Mm-hmm. He, is he going to think Disney World is flat or round? Probably oh. flat. Do you want Kyrie really getting involved with that sort of stuff? Just keep him home, man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell him. Just don't tell him the NBA's back. And like when he watches, yeah. be like, oh, no, these are reruns. That, this, this is practice. That's why yeah, there's no there fans practice. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, dude, thanks for hopping on. Um, I know the beginning of the show was a little bit difficult in terms of technical difficulties and the conversation we were having. But I'm glad you and I could have it. I'm glad you were able to pop on the show. You know the deal. You can promote any and everything that's going on, where people can find you on Twitter, your podcast, the whole nine yards, dude. Go for it. Floor is yours. Awesome. Well, first of all, Adam, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm just going to say this. There's not many people that I will do a podcast with 10 minutes after wiping out on my run and <laughs> spreading my ankle, and I'd do it for you anytime. Um, Next time we got to do it on your run. Oh, that would be bad. <laughs> That would be really bad. I'm I'm still working on it. I've I've been running professionally for two months of my 25 year career. Oh, there you um, go. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Richard Burfs. You can also check out my podcast. I I um, have my own basketball podcast, which I do with Kevin Cherry. It's the Pick and Pod. Check that out. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And that's really it. Just sitting at home, staying safe, staying bored, and hoping sports come back soon that's it on my end they look like they will all the links to everything rich just mentioned will be in the description of the show remind kevin that he owes us a dinner at the keg okay oh i'm so pumped come on it's now. gonna happen in like two years i'm pumped it's in audio yeah all right can we just agree that that was such a stupid bet to make i i said it at the time <laughs> i said yep. it at the time I'm not complaining. The keg is dope. Whatever. I'll take a steak. All right, man. Uh, Until next time, I appreciate you popping on. Take it easy, dude. For sure. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.